Do you know how powerful you are? Welcome to the Risepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to Risepreneurs. Reshaping and elevating your mindset to help you achieve what you believe. Sometimes we don't even see our own greatness. You can't be what you can't see. And connecting black cultures to build a community of talent and success. Black people need to realize that they are assets. You are an asset. When we rise, you rise. Come together as a group. This is Risepreneurs with Terrell Simmons. It gives me great pleasure to introduce the next guest on this episode. I don't know, every time I meet up with her, I just want to sing. The one song that comes to mind right now is, I don't know if you guys ever heard of that song with Bilal. You must be my soul sister, soul. Because he is truly my soul sister, my Kendrick soul sister. And it was a a blessing to have met her. And we have aligned on a lot of different things. Miss Christiana Russell. She's the owner of Mended Wing Consulting LLC, which is an agency that focuses on strategic planning, process management for small business owners and entrepreneurs. Uh, Christiana's early years began in South Central LA, but was later moved uh, by her parents to Tucson, Arizona, where she earned her bachelor's and her master's degree, master's in education at the University of Arizona and Northern Arizona University. She spent the next 10 years working in the mental health and prevention education industry, operating as an advocate and servant leader with the mission to combat social justice issues. Most recently, she has found herself in the tech and innovation space, and uh, she partnered with a good dear friend and brother of mine that you've heard on the show, Luis Martinez, at We The Plug, to build a strong ecosystem that ensures pan-African and Latinx entrepreneurs and startups leverage every opportunity to kind of advance from ideation, pre-seed, Series A funding, and so on. Uh, She definitely believes in creating a safe environment that fosters support and empowerment is the key to sustainability sustaining present and future founders so without further ado let's tap into some knowledge with christiana russell all right everybody welcome to another episode of rise Panoras. i got a special guest in the building for you guys today my girl christiana miss russell coo we the plug cafecito you got so many titles how are you, sis? Thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you so much. I know we had our brief dialogue. First, let's do the backstory. How did okay. we first meet? Okay. How did we meet? <laughs> so we first met two years ago. Okay. At the It's in February of every year, and it was an event that happened before Startup Week happened. So Startup Week San Diego happens in June, May, June. But uh, we met at this event, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's an event that's opened up in locally San Diego for anyone job seeking in the startup space, entrepreneurs, students. And Luis and I was there. I was moderating for one of the panels, and I went to one of Luis's panels, and you rolled up on me and was like, excuse me. (laughs) Actually, I take that back. We met at Startup Week the previous year. That's where we met. Startup. Oh, week. yeah, we did. But we didn't have an in-depth conversation. That's right. And we carried it over to February of 2019, the uh-huh. conversation from 2018. That's where we met. Startup Week 2018. Right. 
was it Balboa Park somewhere? The the second conversation convo where we we, yeah. a, we had yeah, a whole long me you and Luis had a whole long dialogue. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. You were holding me accountable, and I didn't even know. Like we didn't know know each other. Like I had met you, but you rolled uh, up on me like you were my cousin, and you hadn't seen me in five years, and you were like, so what's good? Remember the last time we talked? And I was like. Um, this person is going to be in my life for forever. The end. Thank you. Because <laughs> I, I remember I was like, where the book at? She said something about this book. And I remember I was looking forward to that. And so, you know, I will put you on blast right now. Where the book at? Exactly. <laughs> Listen, this book is so didactic because it is based on my life. You know what I did do? So Journey yeah. of a Broken Sparrow is the title of the book that has yet to be produced. It's already written. It's just, you know, this sucker is personal. So, you know, it's a journey. <laughs> but what I did do is put out my ebook and course yeah. called Rabbit Hole Academy. And yeah. Rabbit Hole is all about transition in life because what people don't tell you, and I know I'm going a little bit off script real quick, but I just want to make this point. One thing that is not communicated across the board. Yes, I'm sure there are outliers who get this from parents or leaders in their community. However, that was not really hyper-focused on for me is that throughout life, you're going to transition different mm. stages in your life. So when that happens, you need to, one, be prepared. And the only way you can be prepared is by being open to it. Like there's yeah. there's really not too much that you can do unless you're like the ant and you prepare for winter by storing up financially and storing up spiritually. Mm -hmm. And I think that's some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today is how do you store up to be prepared for when that transition happened? And you can title that transition by anything. The storm, uh, mm -hmm. it takes on different forms, death, job loss, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And there are certain things you can put in place to help prevent that kind of uh, cliff fall for you. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, you just have to be open and trust the process. Uh, and I'm in love with the process, as Luis would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to fall so, in love with that process. Oof. Yeah. And, you know, throughout the years, we've learned to trust the process, go with the flow and pivot when need to. And, and we'll probably talk about that a little bit as we go along the process. Now, who is Christiana? I'm going to just leave it there and, and let's see where we go with that. Who is Christiana? Let me tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I credit who I am to not only my parents and my ancestors who have passed on. Uh, some passed on before I was even born. Some passed on after I was born, after I was in my teen years. But I credit these individuals for helping me understand early on in life two things, that there is something called self-esteem and something called self-worth. And mm -hmm. self-esteem is something that is created by man. It's a word that's created in order to help build up. You can define it by helping to build up one's confidence, to build up a person's confidence, right? And there are things you can do in life to help build up your confidence. But when you think about self-esteem, it comes from doing. It comes from doing something, right? So for instance, 
It's eight o'clock in the morning in San Diego, right? And so my self-esteem exists. The self-esteem part is me getting the confidence to be on this podcast with you and having these conversations. But I'm also, when I'm operating out of self-esteem, I'm looking to you, Terrell, Mm -hmm. T, as I like to call you, T, to affirm me. Tell me I'm doing good. I want you to nod. I want you to go, oh yeah, Chris, build me up, right? The more I perform, the more you celebrate me. And in life, that's how self-esteem works. You go out, you do good, you get all these skill sets, you build these internal attributes up and then put them out to the world. They esteem you and then yes. yes. But then yes. guess what? Because they can esteem you, what else can they do? They can take that away from you. They give it to you, they can take mm-hmm. it away from you. So my parents and the, my ancestors and these great leaders in my life always taught me that self-esteem is something that is developed and exists, right? But what must coexist and rise higher is your self-worth. Your self-worth is something that no man can give you. It's something that comes from this intrinsic work that you're doing connected to your spiritual understanding, not religion, but it is rooted because you have to have some type of faith-based understanding. So oftentimes that's rooted in religion. But as you progress and move and grow, you can dissect it a little bit and go, okay, myself, why am I here? Who am I? So you start asking yourself these questions. Who am I? And you start exploring. I am here on purpose. I am Mm -hmm. here by divine right. I come from a higher source that has the ultimate ability to create whatever is needed for me in order for me to succeed in life. And so if I go back to why am I here? What is my assignment? Then that changes my answer to you, which would be, I am an advocate and a servant leader. So who is Christiana? She's an advocate and she's a servant leader. No matter where she goes in life, no matter what relationships she's in, intimate or platonic, business Mm -hmm. or personal, she's going to show up as an advocate and a servant leader. So that's yes. why I am. And out of that is a evolving human being. I'm forever evolving. Because I'm an having a servant leader doesn't mean that I show up in this can perfect way every time. I show up in different modalities mm-hmm. or I use different modalities when I'm showing up. But that is forever evolving because I'm working on myself. Advocate and servant leader. And you've touched on uh, so many great things in there. The one thing I want to touch on is that self-worth piece and that belief system, right? Something that alludes to a little bit of the conversation we had before we even got on the podcast about limiting beliefs that we have in our communities, our people and, and society. And and you and I have both done work with everyone from high school students on down to adults, high school students movement B with that mm-hmm. self-worth piece, yeah. right? Shout out to me. Who are you? Howard, Shout out to Nate Howard. People. I'm going to get him on a podcast. I promise you folks at some point. But who are you? And and really identifying that early with our youth and even this adults to this day, they need to do that self-worth yeah. routine and understand who they are so they can go out and make the change they want to see in the world uh, from whatever mindset or however they see themselves and they choose to show up. Right now, 
I don't want to get too specific on the career and job portions of it, but I do want to know, because I know right now you do Cafecito, you do We The Plug and CO, you do your consulting business, you you writing books, uh, <laughs> programs. <laughs> now, before you, you transition to all these different things, here's what I want to know, just to show people the, the transition. What was your first job? People may be so surprised by this, but I came of age in the 90s. You know, I was a kid in the 90s coming of age and there was just a whole different world that was happening back then. But one thing that was not changing was how my parents chose to raise. And they would all, you know, I always say, does anyone who had Black parents have heard this saying before? I'm your mom, I'm your daddy, I'm not your friend, right? So <laughs> uh, they were they were kind to us and they were, you know, obviously loving and friendly towards us, but they were very intentional about how they raised us. And one of the things that was important for them is to raise us with work ethics. So mm-hmm. we always had some type of job at home before we went and we were paid outside the home. My parents had a pay system in the home. So when we were little, like when I was, the earliest I can remember is being four years old and we had uh-huh. jobs. We had, a, you know, yes, we had chores in the household and we would get paid based on that. My parents had this whole rubric system. <laughs> it's entertaining. But anyway, my, my <laughs> job outside the home, yeah, my, listen, Sister Russell and Brother Russell, as I like to call them, did not play. No wonder you about to have my child set up an LLC. Exactly. Look at you. <laughs> I'm gonna have, her, I'm gonna have wait till I see her after Rona is over. Yes, that's right. Because she's about to get paid. My baby gonna get paid. But anyway, my first real paid job outside of the home was working for my dad's construction company. Both my parents are entrepreneurs, serial entrepreneurs. I come from a long line of serial entrepreneurs that found a lot of success. However, there was challenges financially for them that they struggled to overcome. That being said, I worked for my dad's construction company. He had won a contract for remodeling a series of duplexes. I was 12 years old. One of the things that my parents taught was work ethic, right? So the owner was this 75-year-old Jewish lady named Rachel Zane. I think her last name was Zane. But I know her name was Rachel because my sister's name is Rachel. And so Rachel was this little, she wasn't more, I don't even think she quite hit five feet. But Mm -hmm. uh, she asked my dad, did he know of anyone who would be willing, because the remodel was done and we had helped out with the remodel thing. Did he know of anyone that could come in and help get the place together? And so my dad was like, oh, well, what's the work? And she was like, you know, just organizing things, cleaning. My dad said, oh, well, you can hire one of my daughters. And so I was like, yeah, I'll help out because I love interior design and all that and painting. And so I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And she was like, oh, very good. She had a strong um, accent. And so she started to tell me what, but I was missing some things because, you know, her accent was strong. So I was half listening and I was 12. Anyway, I showed up for my first official day. Now, mind you, I had already been getting paid under my dad's company, but this was like somebody else. He was subcontracting me out, show up on my first day and I'm looking cute. Right. And she said, oh, you know, you're not dressed quite properly for the job. And she goes, let me give you some older clothes that I have. And I'm like, huh? Then she comes back out. So I switch, I change into, you know, this older t-shirt that she had given me. And she said, okay. And she kneels down to the floor and she gives me a brush and there's a box of spick and span and a water bucket. And she gets down beside me and she goes, okay. And she's looking up at me like, come on. And I'm like, what are you doing? She said, we're going to scrub the floor. 
I'm looking at this woman like, you want me? I haven't said nothing yet. And she's looking at me. She goes, okay, let me show you. And so she says, you get a little spick and span, you get a little water. And I'm like, spick, worse? what is spick and span? And what? Anyway, she <laughs> looks up at me and she goes, what are you doing? And I said, you want me to get on my hands and knees and clean the floor? And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. Is this job too beneath you? And I got a little embarrassed and I was like, uh, uh, she goes, cause it's not beneath me, you know? And so she goes on to explain how she owns these apartment complexes, but there is not one job that she would not ask someone else to do that she would not be willing to do herself. And she proceeds to go on to explain to me the importance of hard work. And that hard work doesn't just come from pushing papers or answering phones. Again, she was from an older generation. So she had the mindset of one where a woman had a certain role, but that she broke out of that. And she owned all these apartment duplex spaces. And she really broke down to me what work ethic really is and how it would carry me throughout life. I will never forget that woman. At any point in my life, I'll never forget that woman and what she taught me about never being too good to touch any type of work and never ask anyone to do something that you yourself aren't willing to do. Mm, amen to that. That was a good lesson. Now, how do you feel that that lesson has transitioned with you? Obviously, it stuck with you, but how has it served you and transitioned with you throughout your career? I think it's one of those things that, you know, to the point I just made, I will never ask anyone to do something I'm not willing to do myself. Mm-hmm. Nothing is beneath me. And now that I'm in this startup entrepreneur space, there are things mm-hmm. you have to do that you don't want to do that typically, you know, yeah. I come from a corporate background. I come from a nonprofit and then transition into a corporate background. And there are things I had assistance, you know, I was C-level suite in some of my positions, So I had opportunities to delegate to people. Right. And so you have to be willing to come up and down that ladder yeah. at any given time. Because you don't know where you're going to be in life, where you need to start back at the bottom, if you will. And you never will start back all the way down at the at the beginning, right? But you will have to step down to start, hit that reset again, because you're just learning process. So that's that. how it has transitioned throughout the course of my career. So now let's break that down, because, I mean, you have transitioned through and that's the other thing I love about you. You've transitioned through a lot of different type of workspaces from the nonprofit sector to the corporate sector, entrepreneur, startup sector now with the work that you're doing with We the Plug. If a young girl or maybe somebody that's in there nine to five that's just listening to this right now and they're like, you know what? I read Christiana's bio and I love everything she said. That's what I want to do, right? What would you say were the steps you took to kind of get into your career or, or starting up? Your, your business from your consulting business to, to being part of We The Plug? Like, what would you say were the, the steps? I, and I know it's hard to put in steps because I know it probably was like this, but what type of advice would you give to somebody like that that's looking to try to get where you've gone or where you're at? Right. So the first thing I always say is you must be present in your journey. And there are times where you'll be in a fog because you'll wake up and you'll go, how did I end up here? I don't really quite know it. it. There's some pieces missing, but I'm just here and it just happened, right? 
I endeavor to be able to tell you exactly how I got here, just like I remember being 12 and doing that type of work. So what I tell people is, first and foremost, you need to have a plan. You know, I'm a strategist. For Undermended Wing, the work I do is I'm a strategist. I'm a grant strategist. And so I help people understand how to go about applying for grants. But before they do that, they have to understand why they want to apply for it. So we go through a series of questions. But I also help people apply strategy to their transition, whether it's personal or professional. So I have people I work with that are transitioning from one career. I have people that are literally coming from blue collar going into white collar. I have people going from white collar corporate coming into the startup space and needing to know how to transition. So the first thing I tell people is have a plan. The way you have a plan is you sit down and you ask yourself questions. You should be interviewed. You should talk to yourself all the time. You should have conversations with yourself. Now, this is someone coming from a mental health background. So I know that may sound a little off, but it's not. You should always have conversations with yourself and ask yourself, what is it that I want? Why do I want it? And write it down. That's Mm -hmm. what is going to help kind of, how should I say? It's part of the ingredients for what Mm -hmm. you're baking, right? The purpose is already there, but you have the whole Part of this journey is manifesting it, and that requires work like that. The next part is once you have written something down, now you're going to open yourself up for mentors. You need people who are in that space. So it's kind of like when you were in college and you're looking for internship or you were in high school or middle school and you were looking You know, I don't know, in middle school, my middle school, they had like career day or whatever. And people would come in and they talk about it. And it's like, oh, I want to do that. Oh, I want to, you know, whatever. Right. You want to have mentors and some of those mentors. And now, you know, social media is so vast. You must understand a mentor is not necessarily someone that you know directly and talk to every day. Mm -hmm. We have YouTube, we have Instagram, we have all these different platforms. We got Clubhouse. Clubhouse is Mm -hmm. fire. Anybody who's over 18, get on Clubhouse. Clubhouse is a 24, seven days a week seminar. And you can go into Mm -hmm. any room and learn a lot. But get mentors, get people in your life who are doing work at a high level. And I don't mean corporate jobs. You know, I have mentors who are Mm -hmm. mechanics. I have mentors who are multimillionaires. You know what I mean? I have stay-at-home moms who are my mentors. So never just see a mentor as someone that has a lot of money or have a high position. Again, it goes back to their knowledge and how have they applied that knowledge to find success. So you must be open to what your mentor looks like. Obviously, if you are starting a business, you want to have someone that has already started a business and have found great success or have ran a business very successfully and you're able to extract. So I would say, write the plan down, connect with a mentor. And then from there, you'll start to formulate. It'll start to come together. You know, you're mixing in the ingredients. And then when you do land that job, that first job, Or prior to that, you know, you need to have interview questions for the job that you're applying to, right? Or the career path that you're wanting to go down if it's a business venture for yourself. And then once you're in that space, advocate for yourself. No one should out-advocate you for you. What does that look like? That means show up for yourself. 
Every day you should be thinking about how am I going to be my best self today? Whenever you're approached about a project, think about how is this going to advance me as well as everything should be reciprocity. How is this going to help me as well as the individual or company I am working with or for? And so when you come out from that perspective, then you're more likely to see success. For me, I saw success everywhere I went because I went in with that approach. I looked when I went into a company, I looked for my advocates. I looked for my allies. And then I went to them and I said, hey, this is why I'm here and this is what I'm doing. And this is the direction I want to go in. Can you help me? And some people would say, oh, I'm sorry, uh, I can't, but guess who can? But you have to be willing to put yourself out there. You have to be willing to, and this is something that I'm speaking directly to my people of color. There's this language that's taught to us that is understood that you need to be better than, you know, twice as good as in order to even show up. And we know this is true, right? Because many reasons why we see this true. What I am saying, and I love my Gen Zers, I don't really focus on, you know, that whole age and all that. What I really do appreciate my Gen Zers are, they're literally saying, why are we doing that? Because that's the way it's always been. Uh Uh-uh, bump that. We ain't doing it that way. We doing it this way. (laughs) And I love that because they're challenging it and they're pushing back, which then causes the rest of us to go, yeah, why is it we're doing it that way? We don't have to do it that way. We can do it whatever, you know, show up for yourself and be willing to be vulnerable. And it may mm-hmm. be that someone, you know, you might get taken advantage of, but hopefully it's not for very long and you're able to pivot and go, okay, wait, this person ain't here for me. Let me go another direction. Yeah. And there's some strength in vulnerability. And I love that you mentioned really challenging the status quo of how we normally do things. I don't know how many times we hear in government, nonprofit and so forth. Well, we've been doing it this way for this many years. Okay. Okay. Why have we been doing it that way? Could you explain it to me then? Because that's just the way we do things. All right. Could could we possibly do it another way, a different way? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I got to listen. I'm like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You can always improve on something. No news is good news. No news is no news. What you talking about? (laughs) That ain't good news. That's just no news. We need to find out what the news is. (laughs) There's a lot of things out there where I shake my head and I'm like, challenge that. Challenge that. All right. So what's some advice you would give for someone who's literally trying to uh, start their own consulting business or maybe uh, build a startup? And keep in mind, well, my audience, we this is all black and African. So we people of color. So don't give me the white answer. Give me the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when I tell you that I did not see myself in this space. So I didn't see myself in the startup space. I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur. But I was open. I was open to transition and to purpose my Mm -hmm. assignment airplane. And I knew it was going to take on different modes. It was going to be in different vehicles. So anyone who is looking, who's listening to this and they're like, oh, this was a fun interview. Oh, you know, there was a couple of things that resonated with me. I'm a business owner or I want to be a business owner or I'm 12 years old or I'm 55 years old or I'm 95 years old. Right. There is always a place for you if you feel drawn to it, but you just need to know how you're supposed to show up. 
you know, I have people telling me all the day, man, I just, you know, I have this business idea and I just feel like, and I'm like, okay, so you know you're supposed to do a business, right? Yeah, but I'm supposed to, I've had people tell me things like, I'm gonna make an example, that's not a factual example, but you know, I wanna make the next Blackberry and I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna knock you and, and give you the drill on why you should not do this at all. I'm gonna ask you questions. Why do you wanna make a Blackberry? You know, what, what, so I think that whatever it is that you want to do, if you're wanting to move into the startup space, or if you want to be a consultant, you need to do your homework. You need to understand who your customer is. And this is the best thing you could do is reach out to We The Plug. We're a community. We will help guide you through the process. We have a membership community that is so affordable that I tell people it's less than what you would pay for Amazon or for Hulu. And these are vices that we have as a luxury. But guess what? You, your work is an investment. And we take it for granted sometimes. And it's like, yeah. dude, you need to get, get moving. You need to plant seeds. You're supposed to do more. So I'd say reach out to us. We will help walk you through it. And we're global too. So go on We The Plug, T-H-A, not T-H-E.com. And check us out. Lean Canvas, one of the best gifts that you could give yourself. Lean Canvas is just a process, a strategy that you can use to help you identify what the business is that you want to start and what. You're giving them a million dollars worth of game right now. So if y'all don't know, she just gave you the, the super plug right there, Lean Canvas. So, uh, and, and if you want to learn more, you ain't got the coins in your pocket yet. You know, check Christian out. Go, go to Cafecito series. You ain't got to pay for that. That's, that's, nope. that's another million dollars that's worth of free YouTube. game. Yeah. Yeah. So Lean Canvas. Go ahead. Break it, break it down one more time for the people. What's Lean Canvas <laughs> and how we do it? So basically, you know, without going too far into detail, but Lean Canvas is just a really shoot straightforward way of looking at your business idea because we work with early stage founders from ideation stage all the way to first seed A round funding, if that's what you're looking to do. So again, if you're in the ideation stage, you're not sure of what you want to do, just go to We The Plug, plug into us. You can find me through my email, Christiana at We The Plug. I'm on all social media platforms. I am Christiana on Instagram. You can find me by my full name, Christiana Russell on LinkedIn. And you can find us for sure on our website. But basically it's just a process that you go through when you're in the idea stage to help break mm-hmm. down what it is that you want to do, why you want to do it, and where do you need to validate this? What do you need to go? Where do you need to go? We're going to have some workshops coming out this year. So uh-huh. definitely follow us on social media platforms, uh, sign up for our membership, and you will be able to access the workshop. We're doing Link Canvas workshop. We just wrapped our first incubator, which was extremely successful. The resources is out there. It's just yeah. we needed a community. And for Black entrepreneurs, whether you be Afro-Latino, whether you be Black American, whether you be African American, Mm -hmm. African, however you identify yourself, if you got that melanin in you, (laughs) you know what it's like to be in any type of space and experience different levels of microaggression. And what I'm here to say is We The Plug has and is building a community 
where a safe community where we can connect and show up just as ourselves and ask those vulnerable questions and get the help that we need. Absolutely. And that's why I had to bring you on, because as we're building our community, it's only right that our communities collab with each other. Um, and I, I love everything that you guys are doing for the Black Same. and Latinx community. I, I wanted to ask you, what do you think the future has in store for us in, in, in this industry? And by industry, I, I'm, I'm looking at tech, the startup, the entrepreneurship industry, even in the nonprofit sector, because you you doing a lot of grant writing and strategic planning around grants for our community. What does the future look like for these different spaces and for our communities? So I'll first break it down with the two different industries. So in the nonprofit industry, I've been saying this since 2013, and there were experts that had the foresight that was saying it a little bit before that. But for nonprofits, in order for nonprofits to survive, they need to be looking at social impact, social enterprise type of partnering creating that within the organization, understanding that you are a nonprofit, but you should be making profit. You should have income in large amounts coming in, not just from these grants, because again, you can see what happened these last four years, how funding changed. And every time there's new leadership that comes in, it changes. So again, for nonprofits, you need to have a strategy that includes social enterprise, social impact, work that's connected to opportunities where you can partner with large corporations, especially in the tech space, you need to be looking at that Mm -hmm. and ways where you can draw down revenue. That's not just from brands. You need to diversify your, and this is where I, I talk to my nonprofit clients. And again, this is someone coming from the nonprofit industry. So that's first and foremost. And Y'all don't know this, but my boy T here and my business partner, Luis, is working on something that's going to revolutionize the way nonprofits access funding. I'll just leave yes, it at sir. that because yes, yes, it's yes. on top secret lockdown. Uh, we, we're working on it. We're working on it. If anybody's <laughs> out there, my scandal people, B613 level stuff, we work <laughs> on But so it's going to revolutionize. But uh, when we're looking at the tech industry, I mean, obviously, this is the next revolution that we're moving into. And this is why it's so important that UT and so many of us in this space is doing this work because it's not just one area. I mean, everyone thinks Mm -hmm. when we think of text, that means we all need to code. I don't code. I'm not interested in coding. I I would hate it. I would be the worst coder ever only because I know that's not my listen. It's not your lane. That's that's not my gift, you know. So you need to understand where you fit in, and please know that the industry is just going to grow because customer service is needed, media is needed, everything that you do in regular life is going to be needed in the tech space. But you just have to be forward thinking about how it's going to manifest. But it's just Mm going to grow, and also we're shrinking. Before COVID, people would think, oh. Overseas, oh my God, the UK, you know, is so far. What happened with COVID? It brought everything right into our house, right into our living room, right into our bedroom. So I just see that everything is going to grow. But again, you need to understand where you fit in and how can you show up as your best self and really find success in that space. I resonate with all that so much because uh, even what you said that last bit, just how COVID has really brought 
the world together and made it that much smaller. My whole team that helps operate and put together this podcast from the social media on the like, international. I got somebody in Nigeria. I got somebody in the UK. All black too. <laughs> all black every day. <laughs> Always true for everybody. Black. No, we have to run for ourselves like that. I love that. You are a perfect example of that. Even we the plug. I mean, literally, we went from having events in person to no events in person, everything virtual. And we just exploded all of a sudden people over in Zimbabwe and Zambia is knowing who we are. And Sweden and these are Africans in all these different areas and they're like, Oh, yeah. we heard of me the plug. And we're like, Huh? How? That's a beautiful thing how technology could do that, shrink the world. So so I know you mentioned a couple of them, but give me all the projects you, you currently working on that you yeah. want and where can people find you? Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so I am partner and COO at We the Plug, and that as a core, you can find us on We the Plug. Dot com and that's T-H-A, not T-H-E, because we got Flegba. Mm-hmm. And it's a double entendre because it means two things. One, you need to plug in to us, but also we the plug, you the plug. We need what? to see that we are what we're searching for. Black yes. people, we are who, what we need. We just need to plug in. And also there's no competition. Literally, we cannot look at each other as competition. Oh, you're doing a podcast? Well, that means I can't. No. <laughs> the so, space for all of us all of us once you tap into we the plug you'll also see the other projects i'm connected to which is the cafecito series which is a web series where i interview founders early stage mid-grade business professionals it's people of color but also allies in the community and basically the whole tagline is everyday people doing extraordinary things t was on there did a fantastic job you can find thank you for having me on youtube um, under we the plug and you'll find the cafecito series and then mended wing consulting is my own llc that i started up two years ago where i do strategic planning and process management with anyone that is looking to transition from Mm -hmm. their current job or no job at all Uh, maybe they're stay at home and they're wanting to get into the workforce in a more impactful way. And then also I do strategic grant writing under that LLC as well, because I'm a grant writer, have been for 10 years. So, and have secured some grants during COVID, which is always exciting. Yeah. So those are the main things. And like I said, you can find me under my name, Christiana Russell, or I am Christiana One on instagram and i'm sure you're going to put all that information in there as well yeah all that'll be in the show notes so you know i'm a i was one question i forgot to ask this is going to be a good mic drop and a nugget (laughs) for everybody to end off our episode what's one good lesson life has taught you that you want to share with the people man snoop dogg said something a couple of years ago when he was on the hollywood walk of fame and he got his start. And he said, I want to first and foremost, thank God. And I want to thank myself. I want to thank myself. And, I, and people started <laughs> laughing because they thought he was being funny. And I was like, that's it. Never. Get, let me tell you something. Their COVID served me up with some darkness, but I also had light. But guess what? I'm always 
always going to bet on me. I'm always going to show up for me in the mm-hmm. midst of any challenge. So what I always say, no matter what it is, I don't care what job you're doing, show up, not yeah. for others, but for yourself first. Yeah. Be there for yourself. Invest in you for you. It will make you a better partner. It will make you a better, if you are an employee, it'll make you a better employee. It'll make you a better business owner. It will make you a better human being. Show up for you as your best self. Invest Mm -hmm. in you. And from there, you're able to build out. But show up for you, man. And when you do, you're going to be like Snoop. And like me, I thank myself every day. I go, Chris, look at you, girl. (laughs) Girl, look, you out here, girl. You doing it. Girl, you did that. You, you did, did that. that, girl. You know, you got to encourage yourself. You got to encourage, encourage yourself in the Lord. Sorry. Some of my church dads come out there. I know we wasn't going to end the episode without singing. Every time we get on each other's <laughs> wavelength, we start singing somewhere in the podcast. Yeah, Ladies and I gentlemen, this has been a delight, treasure, treat. Christiana, we're gonna definitely have to have a part two of this because <laughs> this was just extreme. I, I just want to keep it a good length for the drive yeah, to yeah, work. Yeah. But me and you can roll hours on length. But Absolutely. there you have it. Invest in yourself, bet on you. Christiana Russell, it's been a pleasure. Thank you again. Thank um, you, put all, the, uh, all, all, all the stuff that she plugged us into, put it in the show notes. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of Raspreneurs. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Risepreneurs Podcast. Thank you for taking the journey. Be sure to like, comment, and smash that subscribe button. And stay connected with Terrell on and off the show. Follow at Risepreneurs on all platforms. Do what you love, love what you do. Don't chase the money, let the money chase you.